right. Happy Advent. And we have the Advent candles here. We got over to the third candle this weekend, the third Sunday of Advent. <clears throat> and you know, this is like the shortest Advent we can have because Christmas is on a Monday. So the fourth week of Advent is only like one day. And, uh, and that's the Sunday, next Sunday. And I was thinking that the, sh the first candle we light, it might make it all the way this year. But, but I don't, I, now we had a hard day. It had a hard day yesterday. We had five masses yesterday. So I don't know that it's going to make it, but we'll see. But now we're on the third candle, the rose-colored candle, or maybe the pink candle. And, and again, in our culture, we don't necessarily associate the rose color with, with a, a call to joy. But that's what the church is telling us today. The church is saying to us, by the vestments that I wear, by the song that we sang, by the readings from sacred scripture, and by my words that I'm going to speak, that we are to be a people of joy. That the call to Christians is rejoice. This is the Lord day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Yes, we will go three seasons of darkness. Yes, there will be times of difficulty in our lives. Yes, we will have to wait and be patient, but we are to be marked out by a presence of joy in our lives. This third Sunday of Advent is known as Gaudete Sunday. And that word Gaudete, Latin, it simply means rejoice. So I say to you, rejoice. There was a, a famous speaker, a preacher, and a teacher. He taught men how to be preachers and teachers. And he was saying, you know, when you talk about heavenly things, and when you speak about the angelic realm, and when we're talking about God, make sure that there's a, an irradiated look about your face, that you're, you're bright-eyed and smiling when you talk about these heavenly things. But when you speak about hell, your regular face will do. <laughs> and, and you know, we laugh at that because if you become a people watcher, which I think we should all be on some level, you know, pay attention to people, that we, we oftentimes, it's easier to have a scowl than it is to have a smile. It's easier just kind of let the, the gravity pull your face down than it is to allow the, the gift of joy to, to buoy you up. You know, I remember talking to somebody and maybe wasn't my finest moment, but uh, I was asking them, I said, well, you know, how you feeling? They said, I'm feeling good. And I said, well, well, tell your face, you know, because <laughs> your face does not know that you're feeling good, you know. And they were insulted by that. And so I said, well, I have to be, be careful how I talk joy to be joyful to pray for the gift of joy to trust that we're supposed to have a, a foundation a rock a platform that we we stand on in our christian journey that is joy i'm borrowing some of my homily this morning from a guy named father philip bloom and he tells a story of being invited to a wealthy member of his parish family. And so he goes to their house and he had a beautiful home, a large, beautiful home with a big estate, a big grass 
area, well manicured. And this priest, he commented on how nice it all was and how manicured it was and what a beautiful view he had. And the man said, yes, yes, kind of, but look over there. And he pointed out some shrubs that were dying and not in good shape and were, and he said, I pay a lot of good money to have this property maintained and look at that. So he has a thousand things right in his yard and what's he focused on? And he's a bit angry about it too. And then on the other hand, he tells a story of being invited. He was a missionary priest and he went to South America and he was invited by family to their hut. And he goes into their hut and they were all beaming with pride because they finally went from having a thatched roof to a metal roof. And they had a few pieces of tin and they were saying, look at, look at our new roof and how happy they were. And they wanted him to bless the pieces of tin. And so this capacity to look at the bad or to look at the good, to focus on those things that cultivate in our heart joy. St. Paul says to us in the second reading today, he says, rejoice always. And when he says that it's not a suggestion, it's a command. It's not like look on the sunny side or cheer up. Rather, it is rejoice not when things are all going well, because if you wait till everything's going well and then you'll rejoice, you probably will never rejoice. Because the fact of the matter is, it's always a struggle in one area of our life or another. So we seek to be men and women of joy in every circumstance. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. You know, I say people, I say to people often, I say, you know, God is love, right? See, God can't help but to love. That's his nature. He is love. He loves us because he sees us as lovable. We are lovable, right? I sat on my couch this morning and I wasn't even thinking about this. And I just had this kind of moment, this kind of grace moment of insight that, that God really does just love me because he's God. I'm one of his children and he loves me and he's a good father. And that's something to be joyful about, isn't it? That is something to be joyful about. This is the day the Lord has made and he made us and he delights in us. So let us rejoice and be glad. You know, in the middle ages, they built these big monasteries and a lot of them in the, in cold and damp climates and they're stone and gray and they don't have electric lights and they could be dark and dank and the monks lived in there. And I was reading about how the monks, they had to strive to cultivate the virtue of good humor. They had to strive to cultivate this virtue of good humor. Otherwise, it could just all be depressing, couldn't it? Especially like, you know, living in community can be a great challenge. And so they've cultivated this, 
this virtue of good humor, when we experience something that we can laugh about it, instead of going into a rage and losing our temper. We have a, a family here in the parish, they have six little boys between eight and two. And, uh, and I remember one day after mass, it had rained hard during mass and uh, they were, everybody was leaving church and it was kind of the parking lot was more or less empty and they had stayed in the church for a while and they went outside and the little boys, you know, one of them sees a big puddle in the parking lot and he goes straight for it and he gets in the puddle. And then another one and I'm thinking, oh no, when dad gets out here, this is, you know, not gonna be good. But the dad comes out and you know what he does? He laughs. You know, he laughs and, 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 and it was not a moment of anger and spanking for getting in this two-year-old, you know? I mean, what did he know? It was a puddle that was warm, you know? It was, and there was a moment of joy and I just sat, stood there and I really honestly thought there was gonna be a spanking and some yelling. And it wasn't a spanking and yelling, it was kind of laughing and good humor. You know, my friends, we are supposed to be a people of joy. Yes, accidents happen. It's a dark season. It's rainy. It's going to be cold. Sometimes things don't go our way. We know that. But still, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. A people of joy. You know, as I say this, and as I write my homilies, and I think about these things, you know, I have, I have all these thoughts that go on in my brain sometimes. And I thought, well, what about when Jesus said, woe to you who laugh? Remember that? Some of you remember that, some of you don't. It's in the Gospel of Luke, the Sermon on the Plain. Woe to you who laugh now. And I'm thinking, it's not that Jesus is against laughter, he's against mockery. He's against belittling. He's against laughing at other people's expenses. And we should know what holy humor is and what mocking, belittling, and evil laughter is, right? And blessed are those who mourn, Jesus says. Blessed are those who mourn. And so blessed are you when you grieve. And that's grieving over our sin. When, we're, when our sin makes us sad, but the sunshine makes us happy, right? So we strive with this balance of grieving over things we should grieve over, but having a foundation and, a, and, a, and, a, and like I said, a, 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 the rock of our salvation is joy. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is love joy, peace, patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Who are you to be joyful? Who are you to be joyful? I could ask, who are you not to be joyful? Who are you not to be joyful? Marianne Williamson, it's a famous quote, she said, we ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be those things? You are a child of God. Playing small doesn't do the world any good. So God is calling us to be joyful. St. Paul says to us again today, rejoice, not a suggestion, a command. Now I know, 
I know the power of temptation to cynicism. I know the power of temptation to sulking and negativity and moodiness. I know that because I live it. I live it too. I have to strive to overcome those gravitational weights that strive to pull us down into ourselves. But I have to remember, just like you have to remember, that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted, to bring liberty to captives, freedoms to prisoners, that God wins, right? The light has come into the darkness. That's what, that was a whole point of John the Baptist, that gospel reading that I read just a moment ago. The light has come into the darkness. I'm not the light. The light is coming. And we light our Advent candles and we recognize that the purple is a color of repentance. It's a color of mourning in a sense. But we are even in the midst of our, our grief to strive to have a foundation of joy. And so how do we cultivate this? And Paul gives us three things. First, we must pray. We must pray for joy. We must cultivate joy. We must ask God very particularly and very specifically for joy. I read off a moment ago those fruits of the Holy Spirit. When was the last time you prayed for them? When was the last time you said, Lord, I want love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and self-control? If you're not asking for those things, what makes you think God's grace is going to be find a home in your soul? But it's being poured out on us. I want to be joyful, and I'm sure you do too, so we pray for joy, and then we focus on gratitude. Let us please see our new roof and be grateful for our new metal roof and not be bent out of shape over the one patch of grass that died in our yard, even though it was the one patch that I just want fixed, you know, the one patch of grass that I wanted to grow just won't grow but we have all that other. And again, we, we strive to overcome those deficiencies in our life for sure, but we are grateful. We are grateful for life. We are grateful for God's grace. We are grateful for the mercy of God. We are grateful for this mass. We are grateful for the freedoms that we have. We find things to be grateful for. And Paul says the third thing for, for a life of joy is to refrain from every kind of evil. Evil does not bring joy. It might bring laughter. It might bring mocking. It might bring cynicism. It might bring teasing and belittling, but it doesn't bring joy. Joy is a gift from God. Joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. The fruit of the Holy Spirit is self-control. The works of the flesh outbursts of fury. So my brothers and sisters, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it.